Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. It's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. This week, we're continuing our deep dive series, this time from Iowa, where our special guest is... Well, it's it's me. I'm on the ground in Iowa right now. A few recent polls have Democrats very close in some key races here. And I wanted to give folks an update from the ground. So, Alex, where do you want to get started? So, Joe, got to ask, why are you on the ground in Iowa right now, man? Well, uh, you know, I kept hearing that Grassley was in trouble. And look, I know this place pretty well. I've, I've, over the last 40 years, I've spent more time in Iowa than just about it any other state in the country, including running some, some, you know, doing some races, state races here, not just presidential campaigns, but the Democratic nomination for governor once. Uh, anyway, I, I know the, the place really well and wanted to get a sense of it myself. And, and so, you know, yesterday, I, uh, Alex, I actually went and knocked on doors uh, in Clive, Iowa, talking to voters. The amazing thing was, um, look, a woman named Brittany, you know, was training volunteers. So I wanted to see what that was like. And I went to that. It was uh, Cindy Axe's campaign here. Yeah. So that's right outside of Des Moines, right? Yeah. yeah. It was out in Clive, Iowa was where we were walking. Uh, amazing uh, operation, really talented people training up volunteers. Volunteers had tremendous energy. And uh, you could just feel that with that one, it's tight. I mean, that, you know, we'll get to that in a, in a little bit, but it's clear that I was turning into a real battleground in a way that you know may surprise people on election day. It's also clear to me that Franken is the real thing. Uh, that that the race really has tightened here for the Senate. And so, like, I, I just wanted to get a feel from the ground so I could report back to folks and actually start to see if it, you know. So now, Doug Jones, our senator from Alabama, that you and I helped uh, get there in 2017, he's coming in to Iowa on Tuesday. I'll be joining him and we'll be uh, campaigning. I'm going to watch him do the campaigning and give the speechifying with with Franken, but I'll have a better handle on things as, uh, with some rallies that are going to ha- happen uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, I think. So, but, but so far, I can report this thing is, is getting close out here. So how much of it, and, and I, like you said, I was basically a home game for you. I mean, you've worked for Tom Miller, right? I mean, so many presidential primaries. Don Avenson. I mean, there's a bunch of them. Look, I've, I've done, you know, right, starting out. I ran Jones, Iowa, Jones County as a $15 a day organizer back in, you know, gosh, got almost 40 years ago now. I ran the state for Mondale when we won, the, won it. We got 49%. And got, uh, I think Gary Hart got 19 take a second and then that fight kept going i went, uh, was working for gaphart when we won iowa that was the hyundai ad right yeah yeah the, we did the hyundai ad i uh, i think i've thought about this my worst finish here in a presidential was third place you know sort of we, i'm talking about when i was like the top strategist or the campaign manager or something like that when i was the 15 dollar a day organizer i took <laughs> second in my county but 
it's not quite the same thing. But I know that, I mean, I just feel like uh, I know the place pretty well and uh, and I love it. I mean, I've got to be honest with you, you know, I know people have problems with the Iowa caucuses, et cetera, but I, I just think that I enjoy it every time I come out here. And uh, it, and so it's not stunning to me that Franken could surprise. The people here are, you know, it, it's about, they'll listen to any candidate. You got to, you do it a few people at a time. It's not a place where you're doing, you know, 50,000 people rallies, that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know what kind of crowd Trump got here when he came in, but uh, you know, over the years. But that may work. But I think this is more a place where someone like Franken particularly can do well and is. So we can get into the. I know you want to talk about the seltzer plies you too. So let's let's get to it. Well, one more thing, and I think this is a okay. good point for a lot of people to understand. Do you think? And we can talk about this in the context of the poll. How much of it is that Iowa is also a place where? organizing still really matters as opposed to just slamming a ton of money in with obviously paid media helps. But you look back at some of the, the, the famous finishes in Iowa, and it was pretty much all because they had, I mean, even like Ted Cruz, who, by the way, won Iowa in 16, right, which is obviously very much against the grain, but he yeah. organized. No, that's the, the thing here is that, I mean, I think that's probably why I like the state so much is that, you know, I came up as a, people don't, a lot of people forgot this about me, about how I came up, but I came up as a, you know, like I said, a $15 a day organizer in, in Jones County, which is a, a a really small, you know, county in Iowa. And it is, it's about, it's, it's about organizing and, and message, but even the, the message, it's not, it's not so much what happens on TV. It's what happens in people's living rooms and in coffee shops and in uh, union halls, community centers, uh, in college campuses. When these when all the candidates are are moving around, I'm not sure Grassley, I think 89 years old, is is barnstorming the state like Franken is, and like uh, Senator Jones will be with him uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think Wednesday all day. So. You know, I think that that matters a lot. I think that's what was so impressive yesterday when I was walking in Clive. Not, not that I was going door to door for the first time, like I think in five years, but I did it. I wanted to see what people were were saying at the doors and get a sense of it. But the just the organization that um, and the skill set and the app that they're using to target, you know, which doors to go to is pretty cool. So it's all good if you're in Iowa. It can help. Join up with Franken or Axney or one of these candidates, and we'll talk about them in a few minutes uh, where the fights are. But it's real. And the one thing I would say is that is TV uh, now having been on the ground here, it's it is clear to me. I mean, you know, Alex, you and I saw this in Alabama, just how poisonous the branding of the Democratic Party can be uh, from the right. And it's amazing to me, every single ad from every, including like down to county commissioner, is talking about the Democratic Party left, radical left agenda, which bringing from California, teaching critical race theory in our schools at five years of age, boys in our daughter's locker rooms competing against 
against girls in in athletic competitions. It's like it, it it's every single one of them is doing is doing it. So like you know you go there's no such thing the other way. Uh, I mean a candidate a Democratic candidate might be talking about how their candidate their opponent's position on abortion on banning it or something, but there's no kind of like, you know, like what we do in the Lincoln project sort of brand the other side there. We've never, we don't, the Democrats just don't do that. You know, as in one voice across all these races that might be benefiting Franken a little, cause he just, I, I think he in particular, it's tough to make him be the, like Doug Jones, make him be the, you know, the radical leftist just because of his persona, being an admiral, et cetera. And also, I think in, in his case, his opponent, you know, Grassley, it's not just an ideological, who's the biggest demon on the ballot uh, kind of race, but it's time for change and new, new fresh thinking, you know, give Grassley the gold watch and, and, and uh, get Franken in there. So there's lots of things that are working differently in that, in that race. But when you look at it's just, a, a, again, seeing the same lesson that I've seen, that you and I have seen many times, and why I'm glad in several uh, places where we're working with the Lincoln Project, they're in there with their hard-hitting, defining uh, messages against uh, and branding the MAGA cult election deniers. There's none of that really going on here. I mean, and I'm talking about e- the candidates here are not doing that, I think, in a way. Maybe running against their opponent, they're saying their opponent's agenda is bad for Iowa, but they're not connecting them to the MAGA cult extreme in the way that they consistently across the board define Democrats as leftist radical agenda to, you know, to destroy, you know, America. Uh, it's kind of fascinating to to be actually. I've obviously you and know, I've seen it before, but to be here for a couple of days and just sort of notice it really clearly here in Iowa, what's how effective that messaging is against Democrats and how the Democrats were not as good as the Lincoln Project and others out there, which is why one of the reasons I joined the Lincoln Project. But anyway, let's get let's get to these polling numbers. Yeah, Joe, let, let's get into it. And, and for those of our, our listeners who may not be as into Iowa as you are, this is the Seltzer poll. It's Ann Seltzer. Like you've said before, it it's is the Bible. the Bible in Iowa. It's with the Des Moines Register. And, and, yeah. and this one usually kind of nails the situation. And what, what kind of had, had us perking up was, was a very tight race with Grassley, as you mentioned, right? Yeah, no, well, first of all, uh, it is considered the Bible of polls in, in Iowa. I mean, look, this is a place where Every four years, every pollster in the country goes at it and, you know, tries to figure out if it's going to be Romney or Santorum or, or, or you know, Obama or Clinton, whatever. And the one poll that's been the most consistent and considered the one that you, you know, when it comes out, you, everybody stands up and pays attention is the Seltzer poll for the Des Moines Register. And, you know, the last poll had Grassley up by eight points. 47 to 39. And the first time I saw that, you know, I thought, geez, there's an incumbent under 50. And look, there's one thing to be an incumbent at 49. I mean, come on, you know, there, with, with, with undecideds right. out there. But when you start dropping down into the mid 40s, like 47, it signals that, like I've said in the past, that a lot of the undecideds are pretty much decided that they don't really want to come home to you. 
So that was 4739. Well, the one that just came out a few days ago has Grassley up still, but he's only up 4643. That's three points, not eight. It's 46, not 47. And Franken is banging on the door. So that was fascinating. That's sort of what started making me think, hey, uh, and, and actually Doug Jones and I started talking about this. And uh, and he was the one who said he was going to go out and see what he could help do. And then I, I decided to come out a day ahead and knock on doors and stuff. But uh, but that's what got our, got sort of attention. And then when you look deeper in the poll, though, it's what's going on with undep- with independence. They're starting to break to Franken. Franken is up with independence, 46 to 35 in this new poll, the new Seltzer poll. 46-3. I mean, that's 11 points on a on a incumbent who's been here forever. So independence doing that. And Franken still has room to grow because he, his fave unfave is above water, 36-27. But, you know, you still have a lot of people who don't know who he I mean, that's obviously uh, in the, you know, six, only 63% are rating him. So he's got, I mean, that, that's both a positive and a problem. The positive is that as more voters get to know him, if you're already right on the incumbent's heels, some of those are going to be favorable and you're going to, and you could go blowing by. The other side of that is people don't know, there's still almost a third of the electorate that doesn't know him. And the attacks that Grassley will, is launching against him, uh, that's the way more people who don't know him get to know him and Grassley can hold on. So it's a it's this is going to be a fight I think down to the uh, you know down to right down to election day so I, it's going to go down to the wire and turnout is really going to matter but what what's worse when you even look further under the hood is he's got record high and I'm talking about Grassley here record high job disapproval he has record high unfavorables okay his He's got a 47 favorable, favorable, a 46 unfavorable. Remember, his vote is 46. It's very hard for an incumbent to get more votes than they're favorable. Uh, so he's been. Why is that? Because you've been around all this. Again, it goes back to look, he's unlike Franken with the 36, 27, and 30 something percent don't know any, you know, haven't, can't rate him. You got a guy at 47. 46. That's, that's, you know, 93. 93% have pretty strong opinion about him. And it's pretty much 50-50, you know, 47-46. Um, there's just not a whole lot of room to grow. You got to get unfavorable voters to vote for you. And the, usually when that happens, the way an incumbent wins, uh, when that happens, is making his uh, challengers unfavorables higher. That's why you get these negative such negative fights, uh, all out fights, is because okay, my negative's so high, I'm barely able to, to 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 I'm barely in it, and the only way out of that fight is to totally you know um, destroy my opponent's favorability, and so he's got to drive Franken's unfavorability above his. Well, Franken's unfavorable is 27 right now. He's got 19 points. He's got to drive just to get it in the sort of parity with himself. Uh, Grassley does. So when you start looking at this, this, by the way, does not mean he can't eke this thing out. He can. 
but it probably means, and you're, I'm seeing this on TV that he's he's uh, going after Franken for saying Biden's doing a good job, and, and, and you know, and then he goes into all the the stuff that the left wing agenda that Biden is destroying America with, and tie you know, and ties uh, Franken to that, and so that's what they're going to try to do here. But the other thing is that uh, almost two thirds of voters in Iowa think Grassley's age, he's 89, is a concern. So what yeah, you I'm glad got, you got here, there. This was a crazy number. Yeah. So when you get to two thirds, you've you got 47 favorable, 46 unfavorable. Your vote's at 46. And two thirds of the people that are voting think you're, you're, you know, that your age is a major concern to them and why they're looking across the aisle at Franken, like I said, is still net positive on his uh, favorable 11 points more positive than negative. And he's doing, he's winning independence 46-35. That's what I'm saying. How is Grassley going to get back to even with independence? The only way is to nuke Franken. I mean, that's not going to be, after you're 89 years old, you've been around forever. What new thing are you going to tell people? It makes you go, oh, yeah, right. I was wrong. I'm, I approve of you now. So that's not going to happen. Well, the, the interesting thing with independence, though, and before we move on, is I was, by registration, a really interesting state. And I think the independent number is so important because I think, Joe, it, it's something almost like a third, a third, a third, or Iowa actually might have more independent or unaffiliated registrants. That is not mm. normal for a state. Whereas, like, you look at a Pennsylvania, there might be 10% unaffiliated by registration. And in Iowa, it's closer to 40, maybe 38. So this is a huge chunk of voters. Well, I think both parties, both parties' presidential campaigns have caused that. The only way, look, if 18 people are going to come in here and run as Republicans for the nomination and 16 Democrats are going to do it, and your phone's going to go off the hook for the whole two years, a lot of people, I, I've sort of thought this from the beginning, it's like, screw this, I'm an independent. But so, it, you know, because you avoid all that, right? Or, or, or at least you hope you, you, you can. But yeah, no, it's a very independent place. And one of the things that you look at some of these, like, you know, in that poll, it was this, a great quote. When he, it, quote, when he was younger and first started out in government, he was good, this independent voter said. He really was. He was very sincere about being for the people. And now he will do whatever the Republican Party tells him to do. And that's not right. Unquote. And that's an independent voter. That's how Franken is doing this 47, you know, is winning that independent vote of 46 to 35. And so he's actually, that's what I'm saying. You watch the, you watch the messaging. He's the one guy that's sort of standing out as sort of an independent message amidst all the, you know, they're, they're going to, uh, the leftist radical agenda is coming or they're too extreme on abortion stuff. He's really, and I think that does go to him being an admiral. His his past uh, service to the country is certainly a help there too. But but Grassley is now, I think, losing those independents because of uh, probably a lot of the partisan stuff he did with Trump, et cetera, uh, is, is at least causing him pain with these with these independents and his age. I think too is is a problem. You know, the House races, by the way, and I wanted to get to those. There are two House races that, that are real possibilities for Democrats uh, here. I mean, there's two that, that, that are, I don't think, as competitive. But uh, District 2 in Northeast Iowa has likewise had a big shift 
in the Democratic direction. It, it was in July, the Republican Ashley Henson, incumbent representative in the House, was leading by 10 points over Democratic State Senator Liz Mathis. Um, now, Mathis is up by two. Uh, it's now 48, 46. So there's been a 12-point shift there. That would be a pickup if that, if that actually holds. So, it, you know, hey, folks, if you're in Northeast Iowa or any, if you're in Northeast Iowa, start working uh, for Mathis and uh, help her get across the, the finish line up there because that one is, is going to be a nail biter. But two, if you're out there and can send uh, Mathis some help here in the final week, uh, weeks, please, please do it. The other one, uh, this is where I was walking in uh, Clive, Iowa yesterday, uh, knocking on doors. Very, very, very tight race. Uh, 49 to 48, the latest poll, uh, has Democrat incumbent Cindy Axney uh, is, you know, one point ahead over Republican state Senator Zach Nunn. Uh, you know, but the movement here over uh, since July has been in the Republican direction and Zach Nunn's direction. It, it, he, he, Cindy Axney was up by like three points, I think, back in July, Alex. And I think that's right. And yeah. she's same uh, poll. Yeah, same poll. Uh, so apples to apples on the polls. That one was close in July, three points. It's now uh, close by one point. Which is not surprising. No, yeah. it, it, things close at the end here, but that one is one that's an incumbent. We don't want that one to flip over. If we can hold that one and pick up uh, the second district, I mean, that would be a, a major step in holding the House. I mean, at least it, we need something like that to happen uh, in a place like Iowa. Uh, for us, those are the kinds of races that I'm looking at when I start talking about do we hold the House by two or three? Or do we lose it by, you know, by 10, 8, 12, somewhere in there? And so, you know, these, this, this will be one of the races. These, these two races are going to be significant in how that plays out. The other two districts are fairly safe Republican. Um, you know, District 1, likely Republican. I think the last poll there had the, the Republican candidate up 50 to 41 over the Democrat. And District 4, that's like super red GOP. Like 30 uh, points. Yeah, yeah, it's like 62, 33 there. So, um, but like I said, District 3, Cindy Axney, it's uh, Des Moines, pieces of Des Moines and going up that way. It's a tight race and uh, we got to hold that one. So help there. And District 2, Northeast Iowa, State Senator Liz Mathis, Democrat, could use your help. Uh, both of those tight and indications like, look, if we can pull those two out, and by the way, you know, a lot of the issues are working. I mean, I, I'm, you know, the, with, with Axne, it's clear as I was going, you know, door to door that a lot of the, uh, the women that I was talking to at the doors were very concerned about the, you know, about the ban on abortion and, and how far they, they see the Republican Party in terms of impacting their rights. So there, there's reason to think, and there was a lot of energy with volunteers. In fact, I was the only guy. I, I, it was just a bunch. I seriously, a bunch of uh, of really incredibly energized women who were going door to door and in the training. And I just realized that the, you know, as I was sitting there, that I was the only the only uh, uh, guy in the room. 
And Brittany, I wish I'd had her last name because I'd give her a big shout out on the podcast. She was just amazing in terms of training the volunteers and sending them out. And what I learned is interesting that uh, in the training, they talk about when you're engaging with somebody who's a Democrat, who's, who says they're going to you know, vote, uh, I mean, who says they're, they're leaning Democrat in terms of voting, uh, you know, are going to vote for Cindy Axony or Franken or any, you know, this could be anywhere in the country, that when you, there's now lots of evidence that when you ask them whether they have a plan on how they're going to vote and then start discussing with them whether they plan on voting early or voting on election day, or do they have a plan, that the very act of asking that question starts them to think about it. And actually now there's evidence that that question alone has a hell of a lot to do with whether somebody actually shows up and votes or not. In other words, it's a, yeah, I'm for Cindy Axney. I, I, I like her. Are you going to vote? Oh, I don't know. Do you have a plan? Once you start talking about the plan, then they actually, there's a chance that they will, after, far after, long after you left that door or ended the conversation, they will actually, that triggers them thinking about, maybe I should think about voting. And so Brittany was really, it was really cool having her like walk through these different things, having not been doing door knocking for, like I said, I haven't, uh, uh, you know, I've been making ads and doing things. I hadn't, and even coming up as an organizer, I hadn't been realized, I just, when was the last time I was knocking on doors? It was like, you know, maybe, maybe, no, I don't think 2020 even, I was stuck in, in studios and stuff with you. But um, anyway, it, it was pretty instructive. It was really interesting to see these people, how energized they are. They're working in a tight, tight race in District 3 uh, for Cindy Axney. And, uh, and that's an incumbent we got to keep and up in North. And now, I think I'm headed up into the Northeast uh, Iowa thing with, with Jones uh, potentially on Wednesday. Uh, so uh, I'm interested in seeing how that race is going. But right now, the polling is great, up by two points, close 12 points since July. So uh, that's, again, Democratic State Senator Liz Mathis. So, Joe, while we were recording this, um, a new CNN poll just dropped nationally. I'm going to read you some top lines. I know we're getting out of Iowa here, unless you had anything sure. else no, to no. talk about about your trip. But anything stand out to you in the following? So CNN just did a uh, national poll, but they focused on Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Um, the interesting thing here is they have Fetterman up six on us. He's over. He's over fifty. He's at fifty one. Shapiro up eleven on Mastriano, fifty five forty four, which seems to track with a lot of what we've been hearing, we've been seeing. But Fetterman over fifty one has to be a pretty positive sign, right? Yeah, that that'd be a big. That's a big thing if that's if that poll. Uh, it, it would right now be considered an outlier. I would think uh, it's got to be the first poll that's shown Fetterman over fifty. And I think even though there are several polls that's shown, shown five or six points up, uh, I think definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's significant. Uh, Wisconsin's really interesting. I know we've been spending a lot of time working there, but this has Ron Johnson up 50-49, which is very, very close on Mandela Burns for the Senate seat. But then uh, incumbent Democratic Governor Evers is up two on on Michaels, so 50-48. So that's a split I could see happening, unfortunately, but also shows that I think that's a race where we got to put our heads well, down because there is a shot we could win both those seats. Yeah, well, both of those are the same number. I mean, that's when you get those kind of numbers. I mean, come on, they're, they're, they're like I- any one of those numbers could be two points the other way. I mean, it's just the way it is. So 
yeah, those are two dead heat races. And every single call, every single door knock, you know, when you're at this point in these races, as something Brittany was talking to us about yesterday was uh, they actually now uh, know uh, and can can show conclusively that if you knock on 140 doors, urging people that have said they're for you to vote, that you you create six new six people who actually will weren't going to vote but will vote now. So you know it's it's not hard to figure out if a hundred of us go out and knock on a hundred doors. You know you know that's what I'm saying. When you're getting in these places where it's this close, it's going to make a difference, folks. So get out there uh, in Wisconsin, get out there in Ohio, get out there in Pennsylvania. Maybe you can only do fifty doors. Fine. Uh, but it's like, you know, we, we go out and we create a higher turnout every time when you're at this stage in particular, when they're, they're you know, the one thing about yesterday and you, if, you, if you're apprehensive about going door to door and, you know, and all that, I understand it. I got over that pretty early, but, but I understand it. And if you're apprehensive about it, the one difference is that no one's doing persuasion right now. I mean, you're not being sent to you know, to doors of undecideds to convince them uh, to vote for a candidate. Right now, like yesterday, it was, these are all people who've said that they leaned or were going to uh, vote for the candidate. Um, and you're going out just to remind them to vote, ask them if they have a plan, can they, do they need any, you know, it, it, what can you do to, to make sure that they vote? Uh, and in that context, if you contact you know, 140 people, Brittany was saying, look, you know, we've got data now that over the years, it shows that six of those people actually are folks that you helped convince to go. So don't let anybody tell you that what you're doing today isn't important. Well, that made me feel pretty good when I was out there knocking on doors and trying to figure out, did I get to 140 yet? But, but it matters. That's what I'm saying. And so like, particularly in the, when you look at that CNN number in Wisconsin in both of those races, you know, if a hundred people in Wisconsin decide to get up and this weekend go knock on on doors, that's gonna, you know, if that's six hundred more people that are gonna vote because of what you all did, that's that literally can decide this stuff at this point in some of these races. Certainly gonna be true in in Cindy Axney's race here in in uh, the third district. Joe, I know you're fired up about Iowa, but we we are just about out of time today, my friend. No, no, it's great, and uh, I'm, I'm that uh, that that CNN poll is pretty encouraging. Uh, so much for the red wave, the the new red wave that was coming, according to this is I think to the whatever. fifth or sixth red wave in the last yeah, six red weeks. wave that's yeah. coming. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, we'll see. I'm still sticking with uh, Democrats holding the the Senate, maybe gaining one or two, and I'm still sticking to. You know, a chance, a very slim, but a chance to hold the House. But it's not going to be 20 or 30 seats like these guys are saying. Uh, uh, we, you know, so, but, I, you know, it, it, the real thing, don't let up. Don't give a damn about what they're saying about the red wave. Uh, if you got to use that to make you go out and work that much harder. Thanks, everyone, for listening to that trippy show. We'll be back on Friday with our usual episode. Please subscribe to That Trippy Show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. And special thanks to our special guest today, me. See you next time. Thanks, everybody. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.